Hey, and welcome to Life on Point, a production of Connection Point Church here in Jackson, Missouri. You can check us out on YouTube or on the podcast provider of your choice. Do us a favor, uh, like, comment, uh, follow us on YouTube or or the whatever wherever you watch this or listen to this podcast. Do us also another favor, give us a five-star review if you enjoyed the five content. Stars. What'd I say? Five stars. I said five stars. Like five stars. We like five stars. <laughs> I thought I messed up because, you know, I've, this is like our fourth try to get this in. So Five stars. You'd five think stars. it'd be easy. But yeah, five stars. I just did a three-star intro, but a five-star review for the content we create. And uh, we would love to keep producing these things for you to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. So today, yeah. we are discussing a... A subject matter that I think gets confused sometimes, or we question whether people really understand what it means. It is a real simple expression. I'll read it just so I say it exactly right, that we do not fight or wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. That's straight mm-hmm. out of the Bible mm-hmm. from That's Ephesians right. 6. And, uh, and, and we question, the reason we question whether people really understand that uh, because we see people take, attack things or look at things in a few different ways. Um, well, one of the terms you'll see, well, what we do know is 74% of Christians do not actually believe that Satan is a spiritual being, but he's more of a symbol of evil, right? Mm. And so if Christians mm. don't believe in, in that side of the supernatural thing, then that tells me that they believe that a lot of what goes on out there has the, the, the supernatural world has no, or the spiritual world has no bearing on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to refer a lot to Ephesians 6. There'll be other verses that come up. I'm going to read 6, 10 through 12 real quick, mm-hmm. and then we'll start from there. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. And so I've heard this thing totally just maligned over the years. Cause there are two, there are sub, several camps in this kind of, a, in this area. There's some people, like we just said, 74% of the church really do not believe any of this. I mean, they don't believe we, that, there's anything really out there lurking about in the supernatural right. realm. But then there's the other side of it that believes everything is 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 spiritual warfare. <laughs> like like your back is your back is hurting today. Right. And that could very easily it could it be a could it be demonic? Could it be something right. of supernatural element? It could be. It very easily right. could be. Probability right. is, you know, he lifts weights. <laughs> you might have figured that out. And he could have tweaked it a little bit doing a squat or something. So right. I have no idea. What, doing a deadlift. Maybe he could just have a, a his 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 structure his body maybe he just has you know a natural tendency to suffer with back problems right. I have no idea but again some people though would tell you what the the devil's against me today right 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 you know I think this topic is so important right now <laughs> how do you do uh, I am so excited that we're actually covering this uh, when you read statistics like the research there of seventy what'd you say seventy four percent yeah that just absolutely boggles my mind. You know, and you and you think about how we as believers, as followers of Jesus, are to live from a position of victory and to have strength. Yep. Um, and yet, then we we see so many failures, so much weakness in our spiritual walks. And then when you think, well, where is all that coming from? And and you realize 
so many people aren't even acknowledging that there is a spiritual battle taking place, then you understand why so many people are weak spiritually and they're not progressing or living in the victory that Scripture clearly tells us to. Uh, the other aspect of that that you alluded to is you jump to the other extreme of this pendulum, right? And you're, everything is demonic and everything is evil and there's no human responsibility or consequences for our choices anymore. Right. And so then all of a sudden, that's a false sense of grace. And it's always the devil's fault. The devil made me do it when really you probably gave into your flesh, right? <laughs> probably. So talking about this subject today is, I believe, going to be so helpful for so many people. And uh, so let's just get right into it. Let's understand something. Is spiritual warfare real? Is it true according to scriptures? And the answer has to be? hundred percent. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Even our faith, our faith alone is a supernatural event. Absolutely. It's like, if you pull a supernatural element out of what we believe, yeah. we have nothing. Right. It's, it's about the, it's about the birth of a, it is a, a, naturally a virgin super, birth. Right? A, a, our, our savior was born again. Yeah. Our savior was God in the flesh. All these things are very, very supernatural. So if our salvation is based in, in, in a supernatural element, who to say, and who could say that everything that opposes that is not also supernatural. Right. Sometimes I think we want a God that we can control yep. and understand every aspect of. And, you know, uh, I was a science major in, in school and, and loved the anatomy and the health sciences and so on. So uh, it has always tickled me that we have a three and a half pound brain and we we won't believe in God if we can't figure every element of him out, right. right? And yet we're trying to figure out the God of the universe with our three and a half pound brains. I mean, so come on. <laughs> Here's what we got to do. We got to go to a source that's yep. greater than our emotions and our feelings. And that's why we go to scripture. Right. And scripture tells us over and over again throughout the pages that there is an evil. There, there evil exists just as much as God and good exists, right? I mean, exactly right. Jesus, you could not, you can't read the Gospels and say Jesus didn't believe in the devil. That's right. And you go to the book of Isaiah and we get an yeah. incredible depiction of him, this anointed cherub, yep. this anointed angel who was given the opportunity to make a choice to honor and serve the Father or to rebel. Yep. Rebelled against him and what Isaiah 14 declares as the shining light of heaven yep. become the prince of darkness. Exactly. Right? And 1 John 5, 19 would call him the evil one. Jesus would say about the devil in John chapter 12, verse 31, he's the ruler of this world. Right. And that world, that word world there is very key. He's not the ruler of the earth. He's the ruler of the cosmos of the the systems of this world. And so when you go back to your original phrase that we're taking today, Ephesians chapter 6, and here is Paul telling us we need to be strengthened, we need to stand, we need to understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Because let's be honest, when we're just, it's so easy to fight against the people That's right. that we disagree with or we feel is in opposition to us. When really there's a spiritual element behind it, it's what Paul is saying. Yep, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, against evil, right? And yep. evil personified has a name. 
Satan. And we have to understand that Jesus acknowledged him. The Apostle Paul called him the God of this age in um, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4. And I think for me, one of the most prevalent passages in the in the gospels that just i mean clearly define this is matthew chapter 4 when jesus goes through the temptations yes and in one of the temptations satan shows him the bible says the kingdoms of the world and says i'll give all these to you if you fall down and worship me and in that moment scripture is telling us that evil is real, that Satan is real, and that he has some measure of authority right now over the systems of the world. And if Jesus would have bowed down, he's saying, I would give you all the systems of the world. Yep. And thank God he didn't bow down because Jesus loved us enough because if he had of, he couldn't have be our sacrifice to forgive us of our sin. When you read that, when you talked about that specific confrontation, and I'm just going to interject for a moment, it it reminds me of something. Um, Satan, we see all these things that uh, that Satan promised, Lucifer promised Jesus in this case. He showed he took him to the highest point of the temple. He took him to the high point in the mm-hmm. world and showed him the expanse of what he could rule. Mm-hmm. And he showed him all these things. Again, he showed him all the things. He didn't physically, he wasn't physically able to take Jesus and right. move him from place to place and do right. it. What did he do though? He, he manipulated what he saw. Mm-hmm. Right, he that is his, that is where Satan Satan rules in that world of our of our of our senses, right? Mm-hmm. So he manipulates those things. He's a he's the liar, as we know, and so he wasn't technically taking Jesus to these points. He mm-hmm. physically never they they stood in one spot, never moved. Right, but he was able to to mess with the thing because Jesus was in a weakened state, mm-hmm. and he's God. They're in the wilderness. And right. in the wilderness, he's in a weakened state, and Lucifer comes and lies to him mm-hmm. and begins to 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 mess around with what he could see. Mm-hmm. Right, he. he messed with his vision, manipulated him. And I believe that is one of the key tools of Satan himself is he doesn't necessarily change the physical world that we're in. Well, he changes how, how we think. He changes how it. we think and how we see it. Yeah. And he, as he as he begins to uh, to manage those things, it changes how we react to those things. And he begin that's how he rules in this physical world. Mm-hmm. Is he cuz technically he's he's not in this physical world as far as he's not able to to vary to move things around but he through us he works through, through the systems he works through the systems of this earth yes. exactly right influences and manipulates prince of the air uh the scripture calls him yes the prince of the air tells us that he's crafty he's yep. wise he's yep. a deceiver he's a destroyer he's a a, a murderer a liar yep. says he's like a lion in other words he's roaring he's trying to uh, cause fear and manipulation he's like an angel of light mm. He can appear like an angel of light and take a, a whole truth, present half of it as truth, yep. put half false. And Doctor Adrian Rogers used to say this: when you take a whole, tr- when you take a half truth, present it like a whole truth, it becomes an untruth. Becomes an untruth. Right? right, which and is true. exactly what he did in the Garden of Eden. We know he's the accuser of the brethren. He loves to manipulate how we see ourselves, how we identify ourselves. He's a manipulator. He's a deceiver. He's real. But he is not God. And this is something, too. You know, when we're talking about the two extremisms, right, either people don't believe that Satan is real, that evil is truly personified, or they make everything out to be evil and everything's the work of Satan. We have to understand he's not God. He's not. And he's not like God. In others, he was an anointed cherub, but he is not omnipotent. He is not. That's why I couldn't take take Jesus anywhere. He couldn't. Couldn't. He couldn't physically do it. 
he can't be everywhere at the same time. Right. He has to rely on the horde of yep. fallen angels along his side. He has to manipulate systems. Because yep. if he manipulates systems, he knows in our fallen nature, we will follow that pattern and create some chaos of our own doing. All he had to do was manipulate it. That's right. But he is ancient and he is wise right. and he knows the past. Oh, he cannot crafty. he cannot foresee the future, but unfortunately humans are we're prone to do what? Repeat our past. <laughs> yeah. And because we aren't fans of history, we are doomed almost to keep repeating the errors yeah. of our fathers, our forefathers' right. ways, right? And uh, and so even you talked about the garden, even there mm-hmm. as it was a physical act of disobedience that mm-hmm. opened the door for him to act. Right. If if Eve and then Adam wouldn't have have committed the sin, yep. right? He never had an avenue. Exactly. He didn't make them no, sin. No, he did not. He did what? He manipulated. He manipulated them. <laughs> the and word. they followed the sin, and the whole world now pays for it. Is paying through the curse yep. for their action. That's right. Right. And so, th- yeah, this is so key. This is so huge for people to grab this concept. Um. And understand how we can have victory. Because here's here's the perspective I believe that Paul is writing Ephesians 6 from. And I believe this is incredibly important for you, for all of us, let me say that, to grab a hold of. Is evil real? Absolutely. It is. Is he all-powerful? Can he force you to do any evil? Absolutely not. He's going to manipulate and work our own <laughs> sinful nature. But why Paul is writing this to us who are followers of Jesus is to tell us that if we are in Christ, we can actually fight against these powers and principalities from a position of victory, not from a position of trying to gain victory. And that's huge to get in our minds. Not that I'm trying to earn victory over Satan. We need to change our mindset and understand if we're in Christ, we are already victorious. That's right. And so the mental picture here that Paul is painting is that we are as Christians are not charging up the mountain. Jesus is already above all. He talks about this actually in Ephesians chapter one and um, verse 18 and following. He says, here's what Paul says. He says, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling. What is the wealth of your glorious inheritance in the saints And what is the immeasurable greatness of the power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength, talking about Christ, he exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and sitting him at his right hand in the heavens. Watch this far above every ruler, every authority, every power, every dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Right. So not only in, in our lifetimes, in the in the age of the earth, but in eternity. Yep. Eternity present, eternity future. Jesus is going to be sitting on his throne of authority, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. We'll probably talk about that one day as well. Yeah, he loves my phrase sitting on the throne. <laughs> so and he has subjected everything under his feet. And he's the head of everything the head. for the church. So, right. so I read all that to say this. Jesus is already victorious. Sorry, Evan. He's standing on the top of the mountain. And if we're in Christ, we're right we need to understand we're there with him. <laughs> exactly right. So the idea is the perspective we need in, in spiritual warfare is to understand we're already on top of the mountain. 
we're not climbing the mountain. We're, we've got our eyes down watching Satan and his schemes trying to get to us. And, and, and we're able to fight defensively now, not offensively. That's right. It's from a position of victory. That's right. And you look there at verse 10, I believe you read it a moment ago in chapter 6, verse 10. Yep. That we, about the schemes of the evil one. Yep. And that, that's the Greek word where we get the word his methods, his methodologies. Again, he's a manipulator of the systems, the methods, and we need to be aware of that. I think it's key, and we kind of mention it with the fall. Um, Satan technically has zero power. If you're a Christian, he has zero power in your life unless you give him mm-hmm. power in your life or yeah. give him you position. You have to open the door. And we're on that mountain with Christ because mm-hmm. we're, vic- we're victorious in him, yep. right? And we're on the defensive, and we are and we are protecting that mountaintop, and we are, up, or we are withstanding the uh, the work of the enemy. And it's usually, in, and this is what I find in my personal life, and specifically within what we do here in church, uh, there's a lot of work that goes on, you know? And so a lot of times it's whenever we get our, when our, we let some, one side of our defenses down, mm-hmm. it's whenever the enemy can find his way and make a path. And you get tired, you get burnout, you get whenever, even in, in, like in, in general, like if you're somebody who works a lot of hours and you get in a really bad spot, it's like those are the times whenever you got to pour yourself more and more into the Father, into Jesus, Absolutely. and talk more to Him, because um, He gave us He gave us tools actually. Because he, he go He says in in six, yeah, um, that He says what He says. Finally, be strong in the Lord. So we can be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Mm-hmm. Put on the whole armor of God. There we go. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Mm-hmm. And so. I know we want to talk a moment about the the the, the whole armor of God. And I know that's been preached a bazillion oh, times. Sure. And uh, but in this context, I don't think people usually look at it that way. It's like this is what's going to help you because we're all going to run into moments and times when we're mm-hmm. not in the best of positions, right? right? We're all going to have we're fle- we are technically flesh and blood, right? Yeah. And uh, and uh, and and yes, Christ lives in us, and we are spiritual beings, but. Um, unlike Christ, we will find moments of temptation and f- moments of weakness where we can't just look at the enemy and say, behind me. Right. And we will fail. But if we have on this whole armor of God, it gives us the ability to overcome the work yep. and the wiles and the Get schemes of the enemy and to stand. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think we have to understand that spiritual warfare is aggressive. It is. It is continuous. Yep. And we need to use wisdom to know... When are we going to face probably more spiritual warf- warfare at certain moments right. than other times? For example, <clears throat> we know that Jesus taught his disciples, even in the midst of doing ministry, to get apart and rest for a while. Yep. We know that when Satan attacked Jesus in the wilderness, it was at the end, toward the end yep. of that 40 days of prayer and fasting. So when his human body would well, have been point. hungry weak he's isolated he's been out there for 40 days alone in the desert your brain does weird things right and so i think it's important for us to understand when we are physically emotionally or spiritually fatigued you are more open to uh to temptation that's right and to spiritual warfare you also got to recognize to just add on to that that whenever whenever 
we are perfectly within the will of God, which is probably rare, but when we are perfectly within the will of God, the Paul tells us that behind every door of opportunity is what? Is a demon. Is literally is a is a force of evil sure. waiting to oppose what we're to doing. Oppose. You're always in opposition. Always. Paul said it to Timothy in one of his books to Timothy, he says, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will. They will. Not maybe will yeah. suffer persecution, right? And so there's always opposition, there's always spiritual warfare. We just need to be aware of to take note when we're physically, emotionally, or spiritually tired. Right. It's coming. It's coming. It is. But it's going to come at all times. But in this Ephesians passage, he tells us how to stand against it. He does. How to prepare ourselves. And I think the key here is the action verbs put on. As it is. This is imperative. Yep. We have to do something here. Just because I'm standing in a position of victory doesn't mean I can just say, okay, Jesus, you take care of this. No, he's given me wisdom now of how to prepare myself against spiritual attack. Mm -hmm. And so he starts off with all these elements of the armor. The first piece, and, and it's cool, too, to think Paul's probably looking at a Roman soldier yeah. as he's writing this out because the Jewish people are very image-based when it comes to their learning style, mm -hmm. right? And so he's using imagery to teach truth here. The first piece that a Roman soldier would put on when he's putting his armor on, he would always put his belt on first. That's right. And so the very first thing Paul mentions here in the passage is put on the belt of truth. Because Satan's a father of lies. We know even in the garden, he doesn't, as I quoted earlier about a half-truth in the Adrian mm -hmm. Rogers quote, Satan doesn't have to present you with a full lie. Right. He can just manipulate truth a little. Just change it a little. It's what he did to Eve, right? It is. Did God say you can't eat of this fruit? Did God say you would die? And what he did was, is where God put an exclamation point, Satan put a question mark. And that's, that's all it took. Eve did the rest, yeah. all right? So he knows all he has to do. First thing we've got to do is get into the truth. That's right. We've got to remind ourselves the truth of Scripture, the truth of God, who we are in Christ Jesus. We've got to gird ourselves with truth. Truth holds everything together. Because the truth is what helps us uh, to use a very biblical word, discern whether something is is natural, whether it's something just because we're in a fallen world, <clears throat> these things happen, right? right? There's sometimes you're, we're just in a fallen world, right? Mm -hmm. Because of what uh, Adam and Eve and Satan uh, uh, conspired to do in, in the garden, right? And because of the ramifications of that fall, we live in a naturally fallen world. So there are yep. bad things that people do die. Exactly. Bad things happen to wonderful human beings that don't seem mm -hmm. fair sometimes. Mm -hmm. But discernment is what helps you determine if it's actually that if it's natural or is it actually maybe something more more going on than what we can exactly. see with our eyes and you know how to attack it and exactly. stand in the strength of the lord when you have that clarity exactly or is this because i'm really weak today is this struggle today because i opened myself up by watching something getting into a conversation listening to something opening myself up to some form of temptation that's right and now that's why i'm struggling or did this just come out of the blue? Am I physically, emotionally, or spiritually fatigued right now? Just taking an honest evaluation, That's right. gathering the truth, reminding ourselves of who we are in Christ and what Scripture says so that we don't take anything out of context. That's right. Then you know how to stand. Then you know how to do the next piece, which is right. put on the breastplate of righteousness. 
which is our righteousness is in Christ Jesus. We're talking about our character, character. Yep. our integrity, yep. right? I mean, how many times have we failed in a spiritual battle because we lost our integrity? Lose your temper, yeah. Sometimes for what we think is a right cause, but you can show out for a rightful cause in the wrong and, way. In the wrong way. In the and name of Jesus. So for the one person, you may have re, you may have corrected one person, but you literally just told thirty people that saw it, or a hundred, or thousand, or two thousand people that saw this happen. You just told them that everything you believe is actually no different than anything anybody else believes. Mm-hmm. That you're just reactionary like everybody else. So, so part of the key of being strong in the Lord and in His strength is we have to give attention to our yeah. own spiritual growth. We have to be disciplined enough to be growing spiritually and maturely because that's going to determine the strength of our breastplate of righteousness, right? right. Our character and our integrity. we got to be growing our roots deeper in Christ so that that's the fruit, and we cover through through the spirits. Look for that one. Bearing the fruit of the Spirit. To be able to display this righteousness, we'll put a link in the in the uh, description below so you can find that one. Also, another one we can refer to for this as well for what he just talked about is we're in this world but not of this world. Right. Basically, that's where your character comes in, and so you can find that in the in the comment or in the description below as well. Then, as we're growing in our faith, that's going to help us with the next piece of armor, mm-hmm. picking up. Paul says the shield of faith. That's another action. There we go. It's another, we're standing behind a shield of faith. You know, the Romans uh, shield would have been about two and a half feet wide, four feet long. And and they would have stood behind that when the fiery darts were coming in. Right. That's what our faith does. And the way you strengthen your faith is back up a step, growing deeper in our knowledge of God and growing in Christ. Right. Back up a step, getting into the truth, getting the truth of God's word in us. Yep. Growing in our faith, now all of a sudden our faith starts growing. I mean, how many times have we in the middle of a spiritual battle said, why is God allowing this to happen? Or why is God doing this to me? And it's totally the wrong perspective. Because God doesn't tempt you with sin and God can't do you eat won't won't treat you with evil. That's right. So right there shows, man, we got off track somewhere. Let's get back on track. What is the truth? Let's get back into our faith. And then we stand behind our faith. Mm. No, that's that's really good. I know, of course, we know there's, I mean, we got two more at least, mm-hmm. two more. And so, um, yeah, that shield is like, it's like it's con- something, again, you so far to this point, everything has taken an action from us, mm-hmm. all right? So um, we will at some point also cover the idea of our works is more than, it's, it's, there's works involved, right? It's more than just than just a, a belief. It is There's also steps we take in our faith. Right. And, and in order to put on the armor of God, we have to, and to be protected from the works of the enemy, we have to take steps. We have to do actions mm-hmm. in order to do that. Like they're putting on on the, the belt, the breastplate, the breast chest plate, and picking up the shield. So yeah, far, standing behind it. it's all about an action. <clears throat> and so, so so far we've taken these three three action steps, and there are at least two more we know to need to go that that, that Paul teaches us in Ephesians. Yeah, and so and, and think how they each build on top of each other, right? Mm-hmm. Think about oh, how they're building on each other. Get in truth. Um Growing deeper, putting on the righteousness of Christ, growing in our character and our, our walk with Christ, standing behind our faith, mm-hmm. getting our faith rooted inside of us so we can stand behind it. And then here comes, to me, one of the most valuable pieces of the armor. Because where do we fight most of our battles? Let's just be honest. Where do we fight most of our battles? 
between the ears. Hundred percent. Right. Most yeah, of our battles take right. place in the mind. This is why Scripture says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Man, he loves to speak in your ear and say, "You can't yeah. do this. Look what's happening to you. Look what Satan's doing, or what God's doing to you." Totally blow it out of proportion. And so the next piece that Paul says we have to pick up and put on is the helmet of our salvation. We're not putting on our salvation. This no. is not a salvation by works. We're already saved. We're in Christ. We're on top of the mountain. And sometimes we have to get that in our minds. It's assurance. Right. We have to saturate our mind. In fact, here's two scriptures I want to give you. Titus 2.3. Uh, Paul says this, We are waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing of our Lord Jesus. And what he was telling these early Christians was, is set your mind on heavenly things. Set your mind on Christ. Set your mind on the fact that he is coming back. Set your mind on our hope. And he calls it the blessed hope. Peter does the same thing. He does. Peter in 1 Peter 1.3 says, when we're born again, we're given new birth into, watch this, into a living hope a living hope that we don't have to be ashamed of. In fact, uh, I recently had a conversation with uh, a gentleman. We were talking about the catacombs of early Uh, believers there under the streets of Rome. And on the end of the, the boxes that are just pushed into the walls of the catacombs, you have early Christians, the first 300 years of believers of the church. You see their burial spots. The early Christians would engrave emblems yep. on the ends of their caskets, for lack of a better word, so that passerbys walking through the catacombs would see them and receive a message of what they wanted to present. The dominant emblem, now there's many emblems, but the dominant emblem on Christians' uh, caskets was an anchor. Yep. And it was a reference back to Hebrews, right? Hebrews chapter 6, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And in the middle of our battles, we've got to anchor our souls with the hope in our mind. We've got to get our minds wrapped around the hope that we've been given in Christ. He is already victorious. 100%. Because it's a renewal of the mind. Because yep. I think sometimes as Christians, we, we, we kind of practice the removal of our mind. And it's a, it's a renewal, <laughs> not a removal. Yeah, there you and go. So That's a good word. God doesn't, you know, God doesn't uh, shame us to not come to understand his, you know, who he is and what he is and have that assurance that of hope that we are have an eternal life with him, that he is with us at all times. Mm. So you're right. hundred percent. Mm. It is, that is a key. I think most people, their, their mind is what just runs everywhere. Yes. And it, you, your mind can run away with you. I, I, I just had a grandchild, so I don't know when this will, uh, my first. And uh, it's like at night, if I hold her and if I just for, it's, it's crazy. Cause I know it's not true, but it's weird. Cause I, I just, as I'm sitting here, I can remember thinking this a couple of times. I'm sitting sitting there watching her, and she doesn't move for a second. And literally in my head, I'm like, "Is she breathing?" Yeah. Like, come on, I know she's breathing, but it, in my mind, for mm-hmm. a millisecond, yeah. I question it sure. for a second. Sure. It's like, is she okay? And so I'll literally poke her, and she'll make a noise. I'm like, "All right, she's cool. You're an idiot." <laughs> We've man. all done that, right? <laughs> yeah, we all. But our, it's because our brain. It's the way right. our mind works, right? I say we we we. I think we instinctively are are. Not very hopeful people. Well, I think it's part of the curse. It is. Of sin, right? In, the, in our fallen nature. Yep. And so, again, Paul, and you mentioned it a moment ago, says we've got to retrain our thoughts. Yes. We've got to transform, be renewed in our minds. Yes. And we've got to focus on our hope. 
That's right. Now, how do we all do this? What what is the <laughs> ult- listen? What is the ultimate piece of armor that helps us get there? In fact, this is so cool. It's the only offensive yep. piece of the armor. It's right. the only offen- offensive weapon we are given as believers. He says, now take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hmm, so the one offensive weapon that we have is not a long range nuclear weapon. No. It doesn't like reach out across it's not the slander all over social no, media. No, it's not. It's, it's wild. Not protest and uh, I mean it's not it's not even this extremely long spear, even a it's not anything that reaches very far which, at all. It's, which is a cool what? piece of information there because the Romans, the javelin yep. was one of their key pieces of battle uh, uh, weapons and Paul didn't do that what so what this shows us is you're standing on top of the mountain and you're in short range yep. conflict that's right you didn't use the javelin when you're mm. up close you use the sword that's right it's immediate this is immediate it's close range it's personal yep. that's right this is our personal battles but you are to fight from a position of victory and take the word of God. The word of God is what we stand on. Not my feelings, not my emotions, not your feelings, not your emotions. We stand upon what the scripture declares. And if we have a poor view of scripture, then we're going to be very weak in spiritual warfare. Poor view or a poor understanding or lack of of study, yes. all those things will hurt you in times of warfare. Yes, they will. And so, because again, we're all going to come into points in our life where we're we're down, where our flesh is weak, and we're going to have to fight. We're, at some point, we're going to pull that sword out. Jesus used the sword mm-hmm. of the Word of God. That's what He mm-hmm. used to combat Satan. Because that was that was mano a mano. That was up, exactly. Was that was it was up close and personal war, right? There. <clears throat> And, uh, and so he used the sword. So you're going to have to have that knowledge of the Bible in you. You're going to have to study the Bible in order to uh, to ha- able to use that sword. That's right. Because otherwise, I mean, it's cool to have all the other things, and uh, but without that that part of it, I mean, he'll get you one way or the other. Well, in the end of the day, we have nothing else to stand on other than the Word of God. That's right. I can't study on my ideologies, my personal philosophies. Those come and go. Those mm-hmm. fade. Right, we can't stand just simply on science because <laughs> science has always proven that hey, what we thought was true a hundred years Changes. ago isn't true anymore. Right? right? What is the one piece of literature that is true for every generation? The Word of God, oh God. It is eternal, forever settled in heaven, and you have to believe the Scripture, study the Scripture. Apply the scripture. And here's the beautiful thing about what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do for you. Watch this. This is so cool. He said, He told his disciples that when they found themselves even being taken before the courts and before those who were in opposition of them, he said, Don't fear that. For in that hour, the Spirit will bring back to your remembrance the things I have said. So, in the midst of when the battles are the hottest, Jesus says the Holy Spirit in us as a believer will bring the word of God back up to us and strengthen us in the moment. Yeah, that's powerful. And so that's why he says at the end of verse 18, so pray at all times in the spirit yep. <laughs> and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession. Praying at all times yep. and staying alert, keeping our Eyes open and our hearts 
open to know exactly what's going on here, where the spiritual warfare is coming from, in prayer, in tune with the Holy Spirit, taking the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. Mm. I hope today you've learned a little bit more about a subject matter that there's a lot of questions about. I'm assuming we'll at some point we'll talk about demonology and all those things as we continue to add these podcasts. But we have a real major hope for you, and that is that our prayer for you is that you live a life fulfilled, that you live a life on point. We'll see you next time.